This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. What the fuck day is it? I don't even know anymore. It's Tuesday. It's a freaking Tuesday. Back after a couple day absence. No, I do not remember that at all, Adam. I don't think I was in there, was I? I think I left about the time he was watching the Andy Nolch video. By the way, if you guys have not heard of this Andy Nolch character, he drew no mode, did something, put some kind of giant dick at a memorial for a comedian that got murdered in Australia. And he's been going on this multi-part series. It's like a five, six, seven hour rant at this point in time about his interaction with the Australian police department. Maybe it was New Zealand. No, I think it was Australia. It is a wild story. They've been covering that over on Echoplex. Uh, The other night when I was in uh, the chat, I think I ducked out about the time he started watching Andy Nolch. Not because, not because it was, you know, not entertaining. I just had shit to do. Welcome. Well, first of all, Warlord asking for a latte in the chat. I, I need to address that. Sir, this is not a Starbucks. I am not your barista. The comedian was raped and murdered, and he spray-painted an 80-foot dick on the grass. Yeah, I didn't know if he, like, mowed it into the grass. Apparently he spray-painted it, Adam tells me. 80-foot dick at the memorial. There was indeed a giant dick involved in the story. Andy, I do believe it was you. So I had to take a couple days off. The first day was because I got slammed by Fred. Got pounded by Fred. Now, Fred is not my friend. Fred was a storm that made its way... Through the Gulf Coast, but Fred also looked like a giant dick. This is a picture of the precipitation map having to do with Fred. Apparently my friends further east are really getting soaked today. And then last night, my... Sparkles and I went to fucking cookout after we did the freak show. Freak show went fantastic. We went to cookout afterwards, I guess, to celebrate. And cookout caught up with me. Like Sunday night into Monday morning. I did not have a good time. I would I would like to move. I I the only reason I am still here is because I really like this apartment. My my Backyard is a national forest. It's really cool. The cats like it. Because they see a lot of animals come up. A lot of critters. Opossums. Squirrels. Deer. I get deer in my backyard an awful lot. I may need to move after today, though. Because, like... Had a rough night. Couldn't sleep. Slept pretty much all day yesterday. Today, I am awakened... 
mid-afternoon by the upstairs neighbor hammering something, I guess. But it lasted all fucking day. They've still been hammering. I don't know what the fuck they're hammering up there. We got a lot to talk about today. Oh, oh, oh. Did anything big happen while I was away? Well, I took my couple of days off. There was, there was no like breaking news that I needed to cover, right? Nothing, nothing big occurred. And we're going to talk about all the big news that happened. The earthquake that hit Haiti. We've got a wildfire raging in California. Thank you, RB. It was completely self-inflicted. Uh, if you watch the Friday Night Freak Show on Friday, you will know that Sparkles and I got incredibly high. She even said to me, I think after we... I, I don't know. I don't really remember what the fuck happened. She said to me after we got off the air, she was like, I don't know if I've ever been this high before. <laughs> so that's why we ended up going to cookout. We spent $12 at cookout. Now, if you've ever been to a cookout, we got... We got up to the window and it said $12, and she's like, that can't be right, because we bought so much fucking food. I'm like, no, it's right, it's a cookout. That's how much all the all the shit we bought cost. It'd be $30 anywhere else. 12 at cookout. We're going to talk about the earthquake that hit Haiti. The Colorado River. Getting ready to run dry. A woman was killed by a toddler with a gun. This is, this is the most American story you're ever going to come across. And I believe it happened in Florida because, of course, it did. A woman was killed with a toddler by a gun while she was on a Zoom call. Plus, the attorney general in my state is asking for anyone who has been banned by social media to come talk to him. So, guess what? Attorney General Marshall, boy, do I have a story to tell you. Let's talk about my bans from Facebook, from Twitter. Let's talk about the strikes against my channel on YouTube. Yes, let's talk about it. Attorney General Marshall, I don't think it's going to go the way you want it to. But I cannot wait to talk about that story. But first... The insane clusterfuck going on. The big story over the weekend. The failure of the U.S. government in every possible way. We are seeing a drastic surge in COVID cases. 8,000. You thought I was talking about something else, didn't you? I'm going to get to it. 8,400 Hillsborough students now quarantined or isolated Due to COVID cases or exposure. This is one fucking school district in Florida. One district. The number of Hillsborough County students quarantined for COVID-19 or isolated for exposure to the virus has grown to over 8,000. That's just the students. This is one day after nearly 400 students tested positive for the virus. This was updated just two hours ago. This is very current. According to the district's Tuesday update, 8,400 students and 300 
and seven staff members are now quarantined or isolated. The district is now tracking 1,485 student and staff cases dating back to August 2nd, of which 399 student cases and 88 staff cases were reported yesterday. Just for comparison, the district had a total of 8,777 or 71 cases, 8,771 cases from March of 2020 up until August 1st of this year. They are matching their numbers for the rest of the fucking pandemic in one fucking month. Holy shit. In Tennessee, number of Tennessee children with COVID-19 last 14 days has grown to 11,276. Just two days after reporting over 9,000 Tennessee school-aged children have tested positive for COVID-19, the last 14 days, the total has grown to 11,276 infections. I have alluded to it. I've I have said it multiple times on this show that it was my fear, but I've come to the absolute conclusion. They have decided the oligarchs that run this country, the business leaders, the chamber of commerce types that have bought and paid for almost all of our politicians, they have decided that the way we are going to handle this pandemic is vaccines for anybody who wants it, but the rest of you, we're going to like spread it like wildfire through your children and try to reach herd immunity that way. They have done the numbers and said, we do not care the fatalities that is going to occur from this method. We're going to let it spread through the schools. And that's how we're, that's, you plebes are going to deal with it. You didn't get your vaccine? Oh, well, that's on you because I do not see our government taking any action to curb this. Matter of fact, multiple state governors, including in Tennessee, Governor Bill Lee, fighting, fighting districts that want to mandate masks. So just today, hundreds of healthcare workers Sign a letter strongly opposing Governor Lee's Executive Order 84. Hundreds of healthcare professionals have a strong message for Tennessee Governor Bill Lee. His latest executive order threatens the public health of Tennessee communities. More than 720 doctors, nurses, providers, and healthcare professionals in Tennessee signed a a letter stating they strongly oppose Governor Lee's Executive Order 84. The governor announced Monday that the order gives parents the ability to opt their child out of mask mandates enacted by school or health boards. Now, as multiple people pointed out on Twitter, there are politicians like Ted Cruz who are incredibly anti-mask but are sending their kids to a private school where masks are required, but they don't seem to have a problem with that. As trained healthcare providers, we strongly oppose Governor Lee's executive order. Scientific evidence demonstrates that masks can decrease the spread of COVID-19. Scientific evidence demonstrates that children can be infected with COVID-19 and that children can spread the infection to adults. 
when community members, both adults and children, wear masks in the context of group settings. This action has potential to decrease community spread of COVID-19. Children currently uh, comprise 2.4% of all hospitalized COVID-19 patients, and these numbers are rising at an alarming rate that is outpacing the capacity of pediatric hospitals to provide care, requiring hospitals to divert critically ill children to out-of-state hospitals to find an available bed. Meanwhile, health officials in Tennessee are straight up Telling the public, hey, don't fucking come to the ER. And Tennessee is not the only state where this is happening. Uh, The first and top line today is about our hospital capacity concerns. We are having hospital capacity concerns on both the pediatric side as well as the adult side. And there are a lot of different factors that are coming together to cause that. One of those and it's very different than it was. A lot of different factors. I, I will say one specific driving factor, and that's dumb fuckery. Dumb fuckery is driving this. Back in the winter when we had our surge, is that the hospitals were really quite full before this surge even began in July. You've heard me speak before about pediatric hospitalizations being uh, primarily driven by RSV and other respiratory illnesses that we typically don't see in the winter, excuse me, in the summertime, we typically see them in the wintertime. That is still true in our children's hospitals. And to some extent, that is what is also driving increased capacity in adult hospitals. But it's also other things, and it's a whole host of other things. Fuck your xenophobia. Fuck your xenophobia. It's not a record amount anyway. You're lying. You are lying. Net immigration to this country has been at record lows for years. Come into my fucking chat and lie. Fuck you, dude. Seriously. Heart attacks and strokes. Take your xenophobia elsewhere. We don't want it here. Patients that are normally in the hospital were already causing hospital... And I I bet, I bet the same fucking people that are like, oh, the migrants coming to this country are bringing in the COVID that make that stupid-ass argument are the same ones blaming Biden for not getting the refugees out of Afghanistan because you guys are never fucking consistent. You guys are never fucking consistent. It is not record high amounts. You are a liar. You are a liar. Or a dumb fuck. Maybe you actually believe that. So I want you to keep that in mind because when you look at our hospital numbers statewide right now, and today it's right at about 2,200 hospitalized patients, it would be natural for you to get a little confused and say, well, in January, our peak hospitalization number was 3,300, which is you know quite a bit more than 2,200. Why such capacity concerns now? Well, it's primarily because of the occupancy prior to the surge, It's because the staffing concerns that we've had, and we've had them in hospitals for years. And Oh boy, well, one, your staffing concerns comes from the fact that we have been privatizing hospitals for fucking years and running lean staffing, overworking the nurses that you have. So now we have a surge during a pandemic and people are having to treat all these dumb fucks out here that are anti-mask, anti-vaccine. Healthcare professionals are going to quit. Because they're done with your bullshit. That is a nut, and that 
I already see teachers talking about quitting. Bus drivers have quit in record numbers over the last couple of weeks. I do not see how our entire country doesn't come to a screeching halt within the next couple of weeks. Now, parents can indeed be held liable. They are on shaky ground if they put their kids into shitty situations. Like sending your kid who is COVID positive to a school. Parents who knowingly put others at risk could potentially face legal consequences if they send their COVID positive child to school. A parent there who was sick with coronavirus in Reno, Nevada, sent their COVID positive child to school just two days after learning of their child's test results. 80 people at the middle school were exposed to the virus and they are all now required to quarantine. But could someone face legal trouble for knowingly exposing others to COVID? Attorney at law Jose Rios with Gomez or Gomez Law Firm says he personally knows of cases like this starting to pop up. Meanwhile, people are eating their fucking words through feeding tubes and ventilators. Catholic Cardinal who criticized vaccine, hospitalized with COVID, breathing on a ventilator. Cardinal Raymond Burke, an outspoken conservative within the Roman Catholic Church and skeptic of COVID vaccines, has been admitted to the hospital with the coronavirus and is on a ventilator. Dude, you're kind of sus. You're kind of sus. But hey, we're going to address the whole migrant surge here in a second. We're going to talk about that. Because we're going to debunk that bullshit. Because that's what we do on this show. I am so goddamn tired of idiotic right-wing talking points. And look at this cardinal. Look at this cardinal. This is God's will right here. Amen to this motherfucker being laid up in the hospital. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about fucking Biden's messaging. Vice President Harris went straight what to... Uh, was it Brazil? Was it Guatemala she went to? I don't even remember which country. Straight up said, don't come here. In an effort to appease you stupid fucks. In an effort to appease right-wing media. Okay, maybe it might have been Guatemala. In an effort to appease you stupid fucks. And you're you're never going to be appeased. I don't know why Democrats make signals towards the right. Boggles my mind. I don't know why Democrats just don't go ahead and do all the things they should do in order to win elections... What the right wing says be damned. Because it doesn't matter what they do. Biden is carrying out Trump's plan for withdrawing Afghanistan. And he's still getting blamed for it. But we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Burke's Twitter account posted Saturday that the Cardinal, that the Cardinal, who has publicly clashed with the views of Pope Francis, was admitted to the hospital with COVID-19 and was breathing through a ventilator. The Post said that doctors were encouraged by his progress and that Burke prayed for those suffering from the virus.
Meanwhile, in Texas, this is gonna be this is gonna be fun. First, the Texas Supreme Court sided with Governor Greg Abbott on Sunday in a ruling that temporarily blocked mask mandates recently issued in San Antonio and Dallas. Though local officials said they will continue to enforce at least a portion of the mask mandates. The Texas High Court granted stay orders on Sunday, but previously scheduled hearings on local mask mandates in lower courts in Bexar and Dallas counties will proceed as scheduled. Meanwhile, as the state is fighting to enforce these executive orders, the governor that signed the executive orders has tested positive for COVID-19. Governor Greg Abbott, who spoke Monday night at a GOP event in Collin County, later tweeting photos of him addressing a maskless crowd less than three hours before his diagnosis was announced, he tweeted pictures of a meeting with guitarist Jimmy Vaughn. Governor Greg Abbott tested positive Tuesday for COVID-19, according to his office. Abbott, who is fully vaccinated, is not experiencing any symptoms and is isolating at the governor's mansion. Spokesperson Mark Miner said in a statement, he is getting Regeneron's monoclonal, monoclonal, I never can say that right, antibody treatment, the shit they gave Trump. Oh, it's not going to hurt him. I wish. I don't remember why he's in the wheelchair. Maybe he's got some underlying health issues. So it could be a worrisome case. But I mean, you don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit into the wind. You don't tempt fate, motherfuckers. Public health officials have noted that while breakthrough cases like Abbott's are occurring, vaccines are still proven to be effective at reducing the severity of the virus. Meanwhile, in Texas, they are requesting mortuary trailers for all the dead that are piling up. Meanwhile, Texas has requested five mobile morgues from the federal government in anticipation of a climbing death toll from the current surge in COVID cases. NBC News senior national politics reporter Jonathan Allen joins us now with the latest. John, thanks for being with us. You know, I'm kind of getting whiplash here. I mean, how, how does this latest move in Texas square with the governor's ban on vaccination and mask mandates? I think one results from the other. The governor's basically told... Texans not to protect themselves uh, with masks and vaccines, or at least uh, suggested that it's all right with them if they. That's what. I, this is what I'm saying. They like. They had to have made this conscious decision. If it kills you, it kills you. Oh well, we're not going to protect you. Not the government's responsibility. Don't do that, and has uh, created a message that uh, creates permission to not uh, protect themselves, and as a result, you're seeing. Uh, Texas state health officials uh, and the federal government coordinating to put these refrigerated trailers in place. Uh, Basically, Texas is saying it anticipates that it won't have enough cold storage to keep all the dead bodies. And and I just, I need to really pause here for our viewers to really understand. There was an image that we just played. And and remember, they're seeing the numbers and they are anticipating this. 
but doing the exact opposite to prevent it with their public policy. It showed what one of those trailers looked like. I mean, we saw that here in New York City when the pandemic was at its worst. We're literally talking about physical moving morgues to put bodies in because of COVID, a virus that there is currently a vaccine for. So is this sort of an acknowledgement in any way, John, that these policies are, are making the pandemic worse? Um, it's certainly not a, a real acknowledgement from the governor's office um, in that uh, if they felt like the policies were making COVID worse, uh, they presumably would try to remove them. Um, but I do think that there is an acknowledgement that more people are going to die uh, as a result of uh, not protecting Texans from this, uh, this terrible disease. Now, the governor is doing some other things um, to try to combat it. But, you know, to your point, it's worth pausing and saying we're putting human bodies in cold storage. Um, and we're doing that again. Um, and I think for most Americans, it's been a long time since they've seen these kinds of images. Uh, they're just brutal and harrowing. Uh, and, and, you know, when people in the emergency management space, um, you know, this is the sort of tip-off time things are getting worse. Yeah, and I think it's a history of the world. It's important we don't get desensitized to these images because many of those very doctors working in the emergency rooms would say these images are largely preventable, right? For people, if yes, they are largely preventable. Putting in place to try to really prevent this worst case scenario from the spike in COVID infections that we've heard experts federally say that, that we anticipate will happen. Uh, Governor Greg Abbott is very high on uh, the Regeneron drug, the monoclonal antibodies um, that can be given to try to help people who have... Oh, yeah, I'm sure he's really high on them right now. ...to try to prevent hospitalization. Mm, all right, John Allen Forrest there. He's literally taking them right now. This this was an interview that happened before the announcement of Abbott's positive test. It's almost like there was nothing we could do. There was nothing to prevent this. There was no public policy that could actually happen that would have prevented all the deaths. New Zealand enters national lockdown after new Delta case. One. One positive case. New Zealand entered a snap uh, nationwide lockdown at its highest level Tuesday night after a 50-year-old man from Auckland tested positive for COVID-19. This was the first coronavirus case detected in New Zealand for nearly six months, and officials were concerned the man had the highly contagious Delta variant. By Wednesday morning local time, scientists confirmed he had the Delta variant, and four other people had tested positive for the virus. Yes, upcoming Trump rally this weekend. It is what They had the concert Rock the South there. Last weekend at that, look, close to the same location. Now, Rock the South was supposed to be headlined by Leonard Skinner. Leonard Skinner had to pull out because one of the members tested positive for COVID. But now, I would like to contrast the steps we have taken here in the U.S. with the step, you know, just having fucking Trump rallies. Now, New Zealand has had public gatherings in the last six months. New Zealand's had plenty of concerts. New Zealand's businesses haven't had to worry about shutdowns because of outbreaks and not being taken care of by the government. New Zealand did this right. 
New Zealand has only experienced a level four lockdown once before early in the pandemic. This is only the second lockdown for communities outside of Auckland, New Zealand's most uh, populous city since the pandemic began. Auckland had previously locked down under the less severe alert level three since the first alert level four lockdown. The decision to lock down was made because most residents in hotel quarantine who returned from abroad infected in recent weeks had the Delta variant. That's another thing. They quarantine people coming into the country. The national lockdown will last for three days. Auckland and the uh, Coromandel Peninsula, which the man recently visited, will likely experience this for seven days. Going hard and early has worked for us before. Arden, who is, I guess, the public health minister here. I, I skipped his name. Oh, this is this is the prime minister. Prime Minister uh, Jacinda Arden. Going hard and early has worked for us before, Arden said, noting how the country has quickly stamped out the virus from the community previously. Well, we know that Delta is more dangerous enemy to combat. The same actions that overcame the virus last year can be applied to beat it again. New Zealand has largely contained COVID-19 cases to managed hotel quarantine facilities, having effectively closed the border to non-residents in March last year. The country has won global praise for its pandemic response, and its economy has rebounded following last year's nationwide lockdown. Since the pandemic began, New Zealand has recorded 2,926 COVID-19 cases in a country of 5 million and 26 people have died. Only 26 people died in New Zealand. We're probably close to a million. We say it's like 600 and something thousand now. We're probably close to a million. The director of the National Institutes of Health was on with Chris Wallace on Fox over the weekend. Coronavirus cases fueled by the Delta variant continue to surge, primarily among the unvaccinated. As the FDA authorizes booster shots for some people, and more employers are requiring vaccination as a condition for returning to work. Joining us now to discuss the latest guidance, the director of the National Institutes of Health, Dr. Francis Collins. Dr. Collins, let's start with the latest figures on this fourth wave of the coronavirus. I want to put the stats up on the screen. The latest average of new cases. Up 700% since January. I'm sorry, since July. 700% from the beginning of July. Assuming current trends of the spread of the virus and assuming the current level of vaccinations, how high could this wave get before it crests? How many new cases could we be seeing a day? Well, Chris, we can't really predict that. All we can say is that this is going very steeply upward with no signs of having peaked out. So I will be surprised if we don't cross 200,000 cases a day in the next couple of weeks. And that's heartbreaking, considering we never thought we would be back in that space again. That was January, February. How did you not see it coming? How did you not? I saw it coming. I've been talking about it for weeks. How did, You had to have seen it coming. You're the director of the National Institutes of Health. You had to have seen it coming. That shouldn't be August. 
But here we are with Delta variant, which is so contagious, and this heartbreaking situation where 90 million people are still unvaccinated who are sitting ducks for this virus, and that's the mess we're in. We're in a world of hurt, and it's a critical juncture to try to do everything we can to turn that around. We are also seeing a sharp rise in the number of pediatric cases, both un- Welcome, Cricks. kids and vaccinated kids who are getting COVID from this new Delta variant. How bad could that spike in pediatric cases get? That's very worrisome. I think traditionally people kind of considered, well, you know, kids aren't going to get that sick with this. More than 400 children have died of COVID-19. I hate kids. Fuck kids. Like, no, not literally. Don't don't fuck kids. That'd be bad. But, like, why do I care more about kids than, like, the parents that are out here? They're fighting against the things that will keep their kids safe. It's boggling my mind. And right now we have almost 2,000 kids in the hospital, many of them in ICUs, some of them under the age of four. So anybody who tries to tell you, well, don't worry about the kids, the virus won't really bother them, that's not the evidence. And especially with Delta being so contagious, kids are very seriously at risk. And it's up to all of us to do everything we can to protect them as well as we're trying to protect everybody else at the same time. You talk about protecting them. Seven states across the country have bans in place, bans against... uh, And it's those very states which are quarantining thousands of children already. And Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is leading the charge. Here he was this week, sir. If you're coming after the rights of parents in Florida, I'm standing in your way. I'm not going to let you get away with it. How strong is the case that children in school should wear masks as a mitigation against Delta. Chris, it's very strong. Uh, Go to the CDC website. You'll see more than a dozen publications showing that evidence. And already you... But Tucker Carlson said it's child abuse. Without mask requirements, outbreak... Ben Shapiro said it's child abuse. ...home for virtual learning, which is what we were trying to avoid. It's really unfortunate that politics and polarization have gotten in the way of a simple public health measure. This mask that I'm holding... Several schools are switching back to virtual, but there are other schools that I've seen that shut down for two weeks and are like, oh, we're going to come back to in-person learning, September, blah, blah, blah. The same thing is just going to happen again. The same damn thing is going... You're going to open for a couple of days and you're going to shut back down. This is a burden on everybody. This is, you're going to cause teachers and staff to quit. I can't imagine you would have like the, the, the custodial staffs, the bus drivers, the, the ancillary staff, besides just the teachers, are going to fucking quit. How are you going to be able to run these schools? I don't understand why we are doing this somehow become a symbol that it never should have been. This is basically just a life-saving medical device. And somehow it's now being seen as an invasion of your personal liberty. We never should have gone there. It's heartbreaking for me as a person who's not... It's fucking Republicans! I'm a public health person. I'm a doctor. To see how masks have gotten into this very strange place with parents and uh, others shouting about it. Yeah, and how, how long... Like we we did we we covered the what was it order number fifty eight or whatever the fuck it was, 
How long before Bill Lee tests positive for COVID-19? Just like Governor Abbott over in Texas. But these motherfuckers all got their vaccines, too. Even though they are part of a party that is helping spread vaccine misinformation. I I, want to pick up on that because the Board of Education in Williamson County, Tennessee, near Nashville, held a meeting this week on the issue of mass mandates. And has had to hold an emergency meeting last night on how to move forward because they have so many goddamn COVID-19 cases. That was, that was the school board meeting that we watched, what, Wednesday night, Thursday night here on the stream? We watched like the whole hour of public comments because it was fascinating. As the suburb of Nashville was a very rich community. It's where they verbally harassed, got in the faces of the medical professionals that gave testimony. Some parents in the group, including some some doctors who had kids in the school who were urging that everybody wear masks, that there be a mask mandate. And I want to play the the reaction, the scene in the parking lot. Yeah, yeah, here we go. The school board. Here they are. We, we know who we you know are. Who we know who you are. You can leave we know who you are. But we can find you and we know who you are. And let me tell you, these are the same motherfuckers that are in the comment sections on Facebook talking about how Antifa is violent and how they threaten people. Same motherfuckers. As the head of the National Institutes of Health, as a person who's devoted your life to public health, What's your reaction, sir, when you see that? Well, it's devastating that we in this country, the most advanced technological society on the planet, has somehow slipped into a space where the evidence and the basis for making... We're a failed state. We're a fucking failed state. ...by politics, by social media conspiracies, and by this incredible depth of anger and grievance that seems to be held by so many... Our future as a nation has got to revolve around coming away from that kind of approach to everything. Or I don't see how we're going to solve all of our society's problems, which are looming. And and I'm sure it's the same people that say like, oh, millennials are entitled. They just whine and complain about everything. No, that, that was entitlement. One of us, if I have one thing I'm worried about, it's not just the epidemic of COVID-19. It's the epidemic of misinformation, of stupidity that is tearing us apart. One of the big questions... I I am not high enough for this shit. ...Dr. Collins is whether or not all of us who got the vaccines in the first place are going to need a third shot or a booster, whatever you want to call it, because of declining protection from the vaccine over time. Now, you and the CDC and all the top government scientists are saying, well, maybe sometime later this fall, maybe early next year. But in Israel right now, they are giving the third shots to everybody over 60. And starting this week, they're going to be giving the shot to everybody over 50, which raises the question. I do. <laughs> Here's my issue with that. We need to get vaccines out to the rest of the world. Release the fucking IP. 
Release the intellectual property that lets us get vaccines into the arms of poor people before you start putting them into the arms of fucking entitled assholes in Israel and the U.S. We need to get the vaccine out to other countries before we start talking about third doses here. Tell something we don't, sir. <laughs> well, we're looking very closely at their data as well as our own. This is a tricky situation. First, let's point out that just on Friday, uh, CDC's advisory group and the CDC director accepted it, approved a third shot for people who have immunocompromised. But that's a separate question. What about the rest of us? Again, we are looking at this data almost daily. Uh, yet there is a now. I believe since he gave this interview, start to wane in its effect. It is either said like they're getting ready to announce or have already announced that they're going to recommend a third shot after eight months. We may need boosters, uh, maybe beginning first with healthcare providers as well as people in nursing homes, and then gradually moving forward. We have not made that decision yet because right now the data we have from the U.S. says. People who are vaccinated are fully protected, even against Delta. When you're talking about severe disease, you're not going to end up in the hospital if you had that vaccination. And, of course, the big message... Probably not going to end up in the hospital. For the people who aren't vaccinated, this is the moment to absolutely get off the fence and take care of this. Now, it's not that I'm correcting the expert. It's more of like... I understand rhetoric, and I understand what the right-wingers are going to run with. And you, you can't make a blanket statement like that. Like, oh, if you get the vaccine, you're not going to end up in the hospital. Because then they're going to accuse you of lying and be like, oh, we can't listen to anything you say. No, it's a very low possibility that you'll end up in the hospital. Duck for this virus. It's, it's looking for you. But you must know that there are people who did get vaccinated who are seeing, and there have been some studies, as you say, it doesn't indicate people are going to get uh, certainly be hospitalized or die, but that the protection from the vaccine is is waning. And, and as you know, some people have gone and gotten a third booster on their own in this country, uh, you know, either lied about it or whatever. Uh, and, and, you know, if you're if you're looking at what's going on, that's, that's one of the things is we saw an uptick in the numbers of vaccination. And unfortunately, I feel like it's people getting third shots. It's people lying and getting third shots because just anecdotally, I've seen multiple of my friends go and get third shots. So while the uptick in vaccination seems like a good thing, uh, it's probably not the people that actually need to get vaccinated. Pretty safe and careful country. Why shouldn't you say, well, if they're doing it, I'll do it. Well, in, in fact, that is the question we're asking closely. Remember, Israel had Delta hit them sooner than it did us. So in a certain way, the timetable we're looking at is stepped back a bit because of the spread of this virus. That's part of it. But also, we're a different kind of country with different situations. We are getting increasing amount of data from the U.S., uh, especially the next couple of weeks. We're going to see a lot since Delta really started hitting hard in July. And then we'll make a decision. And again, I don't think it's right for people to jump the gun until we really have the evidence. We're back to where we were a minute ago, Chris. We're a nation that's supposed to make decisions based on evidence. Let's try to apply that here, too. Since when? Finally, uh, Governor DeSantis uh, blamed President Trump for spreading COVID by letting so many people with COVID into the country illegally. Hey, 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 Wallace said President Trump. Did you guys catch that? 
COVID by letting so many people... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Finally, uh, Governor DeSantis uh, blames President Trump for spreading COVID by letting so many... I blame President Trump. ...into the country illegally. Here was Governor DeSantis on that. Whatever variants are around the world, they're coming across that southern border. And so he's not shutting... No, they're not. By the way, I can show you the map. They're not. ...in our country. You talk about dealing with the science, dealing with facts. I'm going to ask you about that. In parts of Texas, the positivity rate for COVID among some of the illegal migrants coming across the border is over 10%. How responsible are they for spreading for this wave uh, of COVID that is uh, sweeping the country right now? Not. It's certainly a cause of concern. They have very uh, significant masking requirements there, but it is certainly possible. But, you know, let nobody try to say that's why the U.S. is in trouble. The rate of uh, infection in Mexico is actually lower than it is right now in places like Texas and Louisiana and Florida. I think that's a bit of a distraction. We've got enough of a problem yep. with our own citizens who have refused. It is a red herring. So maybe that would be a better thing to focus on if we're trying to end this. That, that seemed like it was not going to get us where we need to be. It's an issue, but it's certainly not the cause of our current dilemma. It is a red herring that has been marinating in xenophobia. All right, now to the other story that proves that the United States is a failed empire. The Taliban says no one will use Afghan territory to launch attacks. Now we're going to go, we've got several stories to cover here. We're going to get the rundown from Al Jazeera. And then we're, we're going to watch some videos from over the weekend. So this, this is live updates on the Al Jazeera website. So this is the latest headline. The Taliban held its first official news conference in Kabul since the shock seizure of the city. I don't know why it's a shock to anybody. Declaring on Tuesday it wished for peaceful relations with other countries. We don't want any internal or external enemies, the movement's main spokesman said. Spokesman asserted that the rights of women will be protected within the framework of Islam. Well, we know what that means. The group previously declared an amnesty across Afghanistan and urged women to join its government, trying to calm nerves across a tense capital city that only the day before saw chaos as thousands mobbed the city's international airport in a desperate attempt to flee. Watchdog describes a litany of U.S. failures in Afghanistan mission. The United States struggled to develop and implement a coherent strategy. Boy, howdy! That's the understatement of a century. Struggled to develop and implement a coherent strategy in Afghanistan, and the overall picture there is bleak. The Special Inspector General for Afghanistan Reconstruction said in a report released Tuesday. John Sopko, the Special Inspector General, wrote that any gains in life expectancy, the mortality of children under five, GDP per capita, and literacy rates during the years-long U.S. mission were not commensurate with the U.S. investment or sustainable after a U.S. drawdown. I.E. Worthless. Worthless.
The UK is planning to welcome thousands of Afghans in new refugee plan. Britain on Tuesday announced plans to welcome an additional 5,000 Afghans fleeing the Taliban in new resettlement program that will prioritize women, girls, and minorities. This according to Reuters. The G7 leaders are currently convening a virtual meeting to discuss Afghanistan. President Joe Biden spoke on Tuesday by telephone with UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson regarding developments in Afghanistan. The U.S.'s White House said in a readout of the two leaders' call, Biden and Johnson agreed to hold a meeting of leaders of the G7 group of industrialized democracies next week to discuss a common strategy and approach to providing providing further humanitarian assistance and support for refugees and other vulnerable Afghans. This is a picture of the U.S. Central Command general visiting Afghanistan. The U.S. has not ruled out a diplomatic presence in Kabul beyond the deadline. U.S. lawmakers to probe events in Afghanistan. Members of the U.S. Congress, including many of uh, President Joe Biden's fellow Democrats, said they were increasingly frustrated with the events in Afghanistan and they vowed to investigate what went wrong. U.S. agencies have scrubbed websites to protect Afghans left behind. Multiple federal agencies that operated in Afghanistan and worked with the Afghan citizens have been hastily purging their websites, removing articles and photos that could endanger the Afghan civilians who interacted with them and now fear retribution from the Taliban. Human remains were found in the landing gear of the military flight. That was the video that went viral over the weekend where people were clinging on to a plane leaving the Kabul airport. This is the video. Jesus Christ. There were reports that the U.S. military actually shot people at the airport. Fucking wow. I mean, this is this this is horrible. Like there's a, there's a guy like hanging from a landing gear right there. I hope that Oh shit. The US Air Force said that it was investigating the circumstances surrounding human remains that were found in the wheel well of one of its C17s that flew out of Kabul amid the chaos of the Taliban taking over the city. There's the picture that circulated on social media of a crowded plane. Hold on, we've got audio. I saw this after the... Yeah, I've got a, I've got a few different stories I saw after I actually put the show together. Here is a... Video, a man filmed of himself clinging to a plane. This is the same shot, but from on the plane. Fuck. As it's taxiing down the runway.
there was audio released pilot and what he had to say let me see if I can find this Yeah, Biden said uh, Afghanistan collapsed faster than they expected. There were 640 Afghan citizens crammed into the U.S. Air Force plane. Here are some ways you can help Afghan refugees. Fuck. Sorry, I don't... Sorry. Oh, shit. Let's see some video from the chaos that unfolded afterwards. This was posted on August 8th. It's Afghan special forces as they were getting ready to take over the country. Now, the Taliban had agreements with all the provinces just as soon as the US left the province fell because the the Taliban had bribed them this is where Afghan soldiers are seen fleeing they didn't even put up a fight and Biden blamed them for it in his speech, but I mean, <laughs> like if they're if they're that overwhelmed, what's the point? This was on the border with Uzbekistan. So this is actual footage of the Taliban as they were taking over the city. Looks like they've got somebody stopped that was on a on a motorbike. The bridge to Uzbekistan. This is this is the video that stunned me. This is the Taliban inside a general uh, in the Afghan first of all this is the home of a general inside the Afghan army why the fuck does a general in the Afghan army's home look like this and I think that's another indictment of the US money laundering scheme from Afghanistan but this is the Taliban inside his home they just went in, made themselves at home. What the? Why the fuck? Like that looks like like Elton John would fucking live there. This was a general in the Afghan army. How the fuck did he earn enough money to have a house like this when your army is that shit? That you just ran away from fighting the Taliban. What up, yo, Marky? What were they paying this general to do exactly? 
Opulence. That's that's. I don't even know if that's a strong enough word for it. <laughs> like no wonder fundamentalist fucking factions like this form. When you've got a general that's on the take from the U.S. government sitting in a mansion like this while you're out in the opium farm, goddamn. They never planned on fighting the Taliban. You're right. They were always just going to let the U.S. forces fight for them. Well, they live high on the hog. Well, I guess not on the hog. That's not a that's not an apt description. They don't eat they don't eat pork. Just insane. like that rug alone. That rug alone is more than I pay in rent. He's got party lights and everything. This is just mind-boggling. If you had any doubt that it was a money laundering scam, like, here here you go. I... That just blew me away. Here they are at the presidential palace. Damn, it looks like the president wasn't living as, as lavish as the fucking general was. Shit. This is the Taliban taking control of the presidential palace. I think it was a Saturday, probably early Sunday for them. The president fled the country. The puppet president that we installed. One of them. The establishment of an Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan. There was a run on banks, but hey, hey, hey. The McDonald's in Kabul is going to stay open until the last American leaves. I saw that, so don't worry about that. Let's move to a piece from The Intercept. Find out who exactly won in the war in Afghanistan. If, if you were to invest $10,000 in defense stocks when the Afghan war began, that is now worth $100,000. Was the Afghanistan war a failure? Not for the top five defense contractors and their shareholders. $10,000 $10,000 of stock evenly divided among Americans, America's top five defense contractors on September 18th, 2001, the day President George W. Bush signed the authorization for use of military force in response to the 9-11 terrorist attacks and faithfully reinvested all dividends, it would now be worth $97,295. That may not seem like a lot, but to put it into context, this is a far greater return than was available in the overall stock market over the same period. $10,000 invested in an S&P 500 index fund on September 18th would now be worth $61,000. That is, defense stocks outperformed the stock market overall by 58% during the Afghanistan war. 
Moreover, given, uh, given that the top five biggest defense contractors, Boeing, Raytheon, Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, and General Dynamics are, of course, part of the S&P 500, the remaining firms had lower returns than the overall S&P returns. So just the fact that they are represented in the S&P 500 actually skewed that number. I want I, I forgot to put this over here, but let's let's look at another illustration of exactly who won in Afghanistan. This is a great visual here for you. Look at that. That is disgusting. There's an essay written by Major General Smedley Butler. Like a fucking hundred years ago at this point. Called War is a Racket. That's exactly what it is. Now, Afghanistan is poised to become Asia's first narco state. Reading from a piece in The Hill. Taliban once again control Afghanistan, which means they also control the world's premier source of opium. As many people pointed out, now we waged war in South America throughout the 80s and we had a crack epidemic in this country. Ironically, we waged war in Afghanistan at the same time we were having an opioid epidemic in this country. Coincidence? Grand Corporation recently asked, What might happen to Afghanistan if demand for its opiates dropped off sharply and permanently because illegally manufactured fentanyl displaces heroin? Rand argues the market forces that drive a shift from heroin to fentanyl, which is potent, easy to produce, and inexpensive, may reduce revenue to farmers, local politicians, and the Taliban, weakening the organization, which even before it took control, derived uh, much of its revenue from drugs. And this is an interesting dynamic because now the Taliban is partnering up with China. And I, I do not doubt one bit in the next 10 years we will see a heavy investment from China in Afghanistan. They're going to go build cities and roads and schools in Afghanistan. Because that's what they've been doing in African countries. And Now there's, there's a caveat to that. They build these embassies in African countries and then they bug them. They put wiretaps everywhere. China's sneaky now. They're sneaky, but like, it's clear they have a much different strategy than the U.S. in their imperialism. And make no mistake about it, that's what China is doing right now. It's imperialism in a, in a, a different fashion. What will the Taliban do to counter the loss of $1.5 billion to $3 billion a year from exports of opium poppy, the country's largest cash crop? The answer, the narcos will fund another cash product. These are not opium guys who will disappear when opium isn't viable, though that may not happen soon when the demand for opium in is inelastic and if the Taliban's initial market share is large, they're businessmen who make today's money selling opium, but tomorrow it could be methamphetamine or fentanyl. Methamphetamine is growing in Afghanistan or illegally mined cobalt or lithium or even perhaps humans. 
But opium isn't on the ropes just yet. Opium poppy cultivated increased by 37% from 2019 to 2020 and totaled 6,300 tons. In fact, despite the U.S. spending more than $8 billion to eradicate poppy production, it only increased during the American occupation. You've got to wonder if that wasn't on purpose. But I find this to be an interesting dynamic because China doesn't like drugs and they crack down hard on drugs in their own country. Meanwhile, China is actually a very large supplier of fentanyl to the rest of the world. So the new partnership between the Taliban and China will be very interesting. Now let me go ahead and address Joe Biden. I, I So yeah, that is that is one of the things that I thought about was that China could be, you know, as Russia did, as the US did, go in and fall trying to conquer Afghanistan. However, China is actually going to go in and nation build, unlike we did. We just went in with guns and tried to boss people around because that's the American way. China is actually going to go and build shit and build partnerships. I think it's going to work a lot better. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be interesting next like ten years. But now, don't 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 ever forget that Afghanistan was just a proxy war. This is a battlefield between the Saudis and the Iranians, and the Iranians are aligned with the Russians, who also had a hand in Afghanistan. The U.S. is fighting a proxy war with Russia in Afghanistan. Iran and Saudi Arabia are fighting a, pro- uh, a proxy war. Israel's got its nose in it. It's, it's, a, it's a whole circle jerk of fucking imperialism. And the poor people of Afghanistan suffer. But now to the criticism that the right has leveled against Joe Biden. Go fuck yourselves. Seriously. You're going to tell me that the group that was created, funded, and trained by the Reagan administration in Afghanistan to undermine Russia, the war that was started by George W. Bush when I was a senior in high school, and the withdrawal plan that was negotiated by Trump's administration with the Taliban is somehow Joe Biden's fault. And goddamn has the media in this country just jizzed itself all over talking about U.S. hegemony. It is amazing to me. And I, like it's not like the, the, the pictures and the, the video of the plane leaving Kabul. It's not like they, they aren't sensational. Like I, I know why they were shared everywhere. But how dare our fucking corporate media come out and take the stance that it has. For once, Joe Biden did the right fucking thing. I am going to give him props for props are due. It was always an untenable proposition for a president to pull out of Afghanistan because this was inevitably going to happen. What we saw happen was inevitable. 
It would have happened 10 years ago. It would have happened 10 years from now. So thank you, Joe Biden, for actually doing it and taking the black eye in the media and all the fucking guff they're going to give you. Obama didn't have those kind of balls. So thank you for doing that. Now, I've, I've got my gripes with Joe Biden, obviously. But on this one thing, at least he took it on the fucking chin. He's taking the heat for it right now. But fuck the media for painting it the way they have. And you see all the, all the fucking war hawks out here. Fucking Mike Pompeo was on Fox News. I think we'll watch that tomorrow. I don't think I can do any more Afghanistan tonight, except we're going to watch this one little instance where a BBC reporter was on air and apparently got a phone call from a Taliban spokesperson. Here, I got some sound. Uh... Okay, Cam, just, just want, we've just got you on the phone, so we're just going to see if we can uh, put you on speaker. It, it, can, our, can our viewers hear that? Can you speak, sir? Can, uh, can you just introduce yourself? Yes, uh, I'm Mohammed uh, Rahim, member of the negotiation team of the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan and of that Is that fine? Can our viewers hear that? So that's pretty wild. Yalda Hakim, who was born in Afghanistan, appeared startled but calmly dealt with the surprise interview just hours after the Islamic group stormed Kabul. She said, okay, we have got the Taliban spokesperson. Fucking autoplay. Kyle Shaheen on the line. Mr. Shaheen, can you hear me? He did not rule out that public executions and the amputation of hands and feet could be used. Oh, God damn. No winners here. No winners. Nobody to root for. Yes, the Taliban is brutal. That's why it sucks that the Reagan administration armed and trained them, funded them, to make sure they were in a position to run the country because, you know, it might have fell to the communists. Literally, that's what it's about. Fucking shit. Because that's... These things don't occur in a vacuum. Hundreds of years of history. Thousands of years of history. Onto another unmitigated disaster. God damn. Fucking Haiti, man. I a seven point two magnitude earthquake. Now I'm not sure. I had the storm here. There's a reason why I wasn't on, on Sunday. I don't know if this this had something to do with the storm that passed by. Hey, it was tropical storm Fred. Like if it was a tsunami that, that caused a earthquake. I don't know anything about geological events. It was just a fault line that its time was ready to pop. But this is like the second fucking earthquake that Haiti has had. Severe earthquake in like the last 10 years. 
a major earthquake hit the island this morning. The okay, not linked. was far enough from the capital city of Port-au-Prince that the country may avoid the kind of devastation that we saw from an earthquake that hit the area in 2010. But the nation is still feeling aftershocks now, and the damage is significant. This is new video just into CNN that shows the extent of some of the damage. And you can see part of the building there reduced uh, to rubble. Haiti's prime minister declaring a month-long state of emergency. I know it happens in Asia when they have uh, tsunamis that causes earthquakes. Patrick Gottman is with us now from Havana. Patrick, are we uh, learning anything more about the damage and, you know, lives impacted? Uh, absolutely. Uh, it'll probably take uh, hours, if not days, to, to really get a, a better idea of the scope, the magnitude of this disaster. Uh, earthquakes cause tsunamis. Okay, maybe I had it wrong. Hit by the earthquake are simply not My apologies. From the capital of Port-au-Prince, that'll make getting aid to those areas uh, very, very difficult. Uh, the prime minister, the new prime minister uh, of Haiti, we should add, uh, um, has said that he will be traveling there uh, as soon as he can. He will be bringing aid with him he'll be trying uh, to get to some uh, of the oh god i forgot they're still fucking oh my god already in haiti uh that will be i forgot about that whole mess with their government shit uh, more aid is expected uh, to be necessary as they go forward you know the images really just tell the story though that you see the enormous buildings uh, completely pancaked uh, that have fallen to the ground with people inside people still being pulled from the rubble on uh, many people being treated in the open air because it's just not safe uh, to put them back inside buildings. And, like, I know people that were still going to Haiti to help clean up from the earthquake in 2010. Do so, And then, of course, uh, you have a tropical storm, tropical storm Grace, uh, that is expected to impact Haiti uh, in the coming days, uh, and that will just make uh, an even uh, more complicated, in a, a complicated situation even holy fuck as always seems to be the case uh haiti just has uh, too much uh, to deal with uh then its government that its people uh can handle uh, so uh, the government has asked for help they expected yeah i heard the thing about the tsunamis and i just had it backwards i was stoned and listening to it I, I assume this is the location of where that 7.2 magnitude quake was here is the city of port-au-prince you can see it was just off to the west a lot of comparisons being made to that quake that happened in 2010 this one being a little bit stronger but a little bit bit farther away from that very populated city. One thing to note. Well, that's a good thing. People that felt this particular quake. When you look at the population of it, half a million people felt very strong or severe shaking. Five million people felt that moderate shaking. Again, starting to see a lot of those damaged pictures and videos coming in. One thing to note about the damage. What a cool looking street that is. Now structurally compromised because of that initial quake. So any subsequent aftershocks that you get could contribute to additional damage. Even if the buildings looking at them for now don't appear to be damaged, they could have that underlying damage. We've already had at least one 5.2 aftershock, several in the 4.0 range, and more of them are expected. But in the coming days, this is not something that just goes away right after. A big concern is going to be Tropical Storm Grace, right now just east of the Leeward Islands, but the track does take it directly over the island of Hispaniola, including Dominican Republic and Haiti. Oh, God, meaning they're getting hit, like, right now. Doing cleanup, trying to do recovery efforts. They are Holy shit. Gusty wind. This, this was from Saturday or Sunday on CNN. Especially as we go into the day Monday and into Tuesday. We could be looking at two to four inches of rain on top of this area as they're continuing to do the clean. Damn.
80 is just constantly being battered. Battered by bullshit. Onto a different natural disaster. The feds have declared the first Colorado River shortage. Tier one water shortage on the nation's largest reservoir, Lake Mead, today. The announcement will mean water cutbacks in Arizona and Nevada as early as next year. It is a major challenge to a region already plagued by widespread drought. NBC News correspondent Josh Letterman is at Lake Mead with details. So, Josh, walk us through this more. Help us understand this Pier 1, what it is, what's triggering the announcement, and why Lake Mead is so important. Well, some 40 million people get their water, at least in part, uh, from the Colorado River system, including Lake Mead. He looks a little too happy to be reporting on this shit. And if you look just at where I'm standing, this beach did not used to be a beach. You own stock in Dasani or some shit? Underwater. And if you look over here, you can see that white line on the hillside in front of me. That's where the water line used to be back in only 2000. Since 2000, the water levels here in Lake Mead have already fallen about 130 feet. And that's how we ended up where we're at today amid this extreme drought that's been building over the years uh, under the drought mitigation system that these states that rely on the Colorado River system put in place years ago. Once the water levels here in Lake And I see so many dumb fucks in the comment sections like, oh, the projections didn't come true. What the fuck are you talking about? about a water shortage declaration well guess what we passed that level back in may and so today the bureau of reclamation anticipated to issue this first ever water shortage declaration which will trigger water cuts starting next year so josh i know you spoke to a water authority official in nevada about this i want to play some of what he said the pie is shrinking we have 40 million Americans, seven states, and two countries that rely upon this river, and there's going to be less water for everyone in the 21st century. So there's a domino here that, of course, means less water for residents, but also for farmers. How are they responding to this? Well, by and large, the largest portion of these cuts is going to affect uh, Arizona. Holy shit, you see the line! With Arizona set to lose about a half million acres wow. of water supply from the Colorado River. That's about a fifth of the water that Arizona normally relies on for that system. He was pointing to it for example, in, in his live shot. They but until they did until they did the B-roll there, like it, like it really didn't hit me. Having in the past years, and so they either... Fuck! alternatives find groundwater they can use or essentially leave their fields unplanted and across yeah, this is like what we need to depend on in order to get ourselves out of this climate crisis is technologies that don't exist yet problems as we move on like we need to start taking carbon out of the atmosphere which could mean and we don't have the technology to do that phoenix and tucson joe all right josh letterman reporting from lake mead josh thank you i fuck Fuck. And if I if I remember correctly, there's a like mountain that drains into that river and that mountain doesn't have the ice cap that it normally has. So it's not getting the snow melt that it usually does. Fucking shit. And the drought that he mentioned is just, you know, once again exacerbating the wildfires that we're seeing in California. Oh, let me unblock my ads. Well, I mentioned this on the 
on the freak show the other night. It's kind of hard doing a comedy show on Friday nights when I do a new show five other nights of the week and it's all existential dread. I'm supposed to sit here with sparkles and get stupid high and tell jokes. It kind of, it feels weird. Several wildfires in Northern California exploded in size and burned in every direction Monday night into Tuesday morning as hot winds pushed flames through dry vegetation. The Sacramento Valley and surrounding foothills will be under a fire weather watch starting Tuesday night into Wednesday because of north to northeast dry gusty winds. The National Weather Service said the strongest winds will be along the western edge of the valley and favorably oriented canyons in the foothills and mountains. Meanwhile, Pacific Gas and Electric Company expanded the areas where it might cut power to prevent trees and branches from being blown into energized power lines and starting fires. The utility sent notice to about 48,000 customers in 18 counties. The majority of those shutoffs, about 39,000, were expected in Shasta, Tahama, and Butte counties where the nation's largest active wildfire, the month-old Dixie Fire, is still growing and threatening small communities. Yeah, I'm not saying jokes aren't good for everybody else. It's weird for me to make them. To sit here five nights out of the week and talk about fucking COVID and wildfires and everything exploding and then sitting here and getting high and making jokes and having booger eating contests and shit. Holy fuck. I have several criminal justice stories to talk about. We've got some cop shootings, but we're going to do those tomorrow. Like I, Fucking sparkles is full of the gallows humor. Well, okay, okay. It was a booger contest. We're not going to do... Loser's going to eat the boogers, but we're not going to do that until we actually get a lot of viewers. There was actually a cool story. I don't remember if I actually played the video on the show. Uh, Like, Dubai is shocking clouds and making it rain. I thought that was really neat. But I'd like this whole thing. This whole thing is is, is really worrying me. Climate change thing. But hey, hey, I'm not gonna be around for the worst of it. Your kids are, and your grandkids. Speaking of kids, we have a toddler. <laughs> I, you know, I laughed about it, but like, this is no laughing matter. A toddler killed a woman who was on a Zoom call. So we have the 911 call now. It's just released. The baby's back there crying. She's not, she's not answering or anything. We're calling her name. She's not talking or responding. A Central Florida mother killed on camera. Tonight, Fox 35 hears from the horrified witnesses. Masks at schools, going head-to-head with the governor, and now the president... Babies are fucking ruthless, and apparently they're they're stone-cold killers. 
what Central Florida can expect from Fred and Grace. Apple user. Oh, yeah, by the way, by the Fred and Grace sounds like a 90s fucking sitcom on NBC. By the way, Grace isn't the only one out there. There's going to be another storm run behind it. This is the start of hurricane season. It officially started like over the weekend. There it is. Time to protect your devices. The latest threat that's targeting your data. Fox 35 News starts right now. She has the camera on and her baby's crying on the back. We heard a loud kaboom and then she leaned back and uh, we just got blood from her face. We're all on Zoom and it just happened on Zoom. Coworkers. Wow. Moments unfold when a mother is shot and killed during a Zoom conference call. Police say her toddler got a hold of a gun and accidentally shot her in the head. We're finally hearing the 911 calls tonight. Good evening. I'm David Bowden. And I'm Andrea Jackson, Fox 35. Well, first of all, hire that fucking kid for the cops because that was an excellent shot. And the cops are horrid shots. I shouldn't, God, I shouldn't make jokes. Oh, this is this is a horrendous story. Matt Treza has more from Altamont Springs. 21-year-old Shamaya Lynn dead after Altamont Springs police say her toddler was handling a loaded gun and shot her in the head. Now police releasing 911 calls from Wednesday when her horrified colleagues saw it all happen on a Zoom call. She just fell back uh, and her nose was bleeding. Her baby, I don't know if it hit, something hit, she hit the desk, I don't know. But all I heard, we heard a loud kaboom and then she leaned back and uh, we just got blood from her face. Trying desperately from across the internet to ask if Lynn was all right. The baby's back there crying, she's not, she's not answering or anything, we're calling her name, She's not talking or responding. And she never would. Lynn's distraught boyfriend also calling 911 when he came home and found her. I literally just got home and 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 I come in the room. My, my girlfriend, she was working on the computer and she just laid back. There's blood everywhere. The call taker walking him through performing CPR until he heard paramedics arrive. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on man. I heard his knees hurt. I don't know what happened. I just wanted to help. I just came through the door. But it was too late. Altamont Springs police say many things could have prevented this tragedy, including a gun lock that they can give you for free. It actually goes through either the barrel or the upper slot of your, your handgun. Yes. It makes it impossible to actually... Or we could just not have guns around kids. The investigation is ongoing, and they're working with the state attorney's office on any possible charges. In Alamont Springs, Matt Treza, Fox 35 News. Well, it's fucking Florida. They might actually charge the kid with murder. You never know. Might might get to court, and the toddler's fucking defense is going to be it was standing its ground. Because Florida's fucked up. Hmm. Yeah, I saw the story about the cop shooting, but I had not read it. That's why I said we got several cop shootings that we're probably going to talk about tomorrow. I don't have I don't have the stomach for it tonight. Talk about big tech censorship. This is Elizabeth Johnston. She's an influencer from the right, one of those Christian conservative types. Don't you just love the double standard from big tech companies? Facebook has suddenly, without valid reason, decided to demonetize me. 
highly objectionable and smutty content is rewarded on Facebook while my family-friendly content is penalized. I don't know about family-friendly content. It's probably bullshit. But it was like a pink news article she's comparing it to. And I want to point something out to Elizabeth Johnston. And the reason I wanted to bring this story up is because Facebook wasn't targeting you. Uh, Steve Hofsetter also said, oh, I got demonetized on Facebook. Guess what? I got demonetized on Facebook too. I'm, I'm banned on Facebook right now. I got demonetized on Facebook. So, it ain't just you, honey. They demonetized a whole bunch of people. But hey, you're going to do everything you can to drive people to go support you and give you money acting like you are being targeted for your stupid fucking content on Facebook. It's a grift. You are a grifter. You're full of shit. Also, you do not have a right to Facebook's algorithms, to Facebook's monetization tools. They should fucking charge you for that service. Right-wingers think they have a right to it, though. Now, here in Alabama, the Attorney General Steve Marshall wants to hear from people blocked by social media. Which I think is kind of interesting. Do you really want to hear from people blocked by social media? Because I would like to talk to you, Attorney General Marshall. Oh, fuck, the the message went away. The message telling me my account is suspended on Twitter just went away. I was going to take a screenshot of it and prove. My main Facebook account, Justin Mullins on Facebook, is gone. They banned me. Permabanned on Facebook. Permabanned on Twitter. My account is suspended and is not permitted to follow users. I've been suspended for many a year now. Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall has launched an initiative aimed at what he calls the growing menace of censorship by social media giants such as Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, echoing former President Donald Trump's complaints about alleged bias. See, that's the thing. He isn't going to want to hear from me, is he? He wants to hear from conservatives that have been silenced. Marshall has teamed up with Louisiana AG Jeff Landry to gather complaints from social media users about suspensions, content blocking, and other restrictions they have encountered. Big tech is not the ministry of truth, Marshall said in a press release. It should concern us all when platforms that hold such tremendous power and influence over information wield that power in contradiction of and with undisguised disdain for the foundational American principles of free speech and freedom of the press. It's the same message Trump has declared in his long-standing battles with Twitter and Facebook. In 2019, Trump's White House set up its own complaint tool for people to report what they considered incidents of tech bias. 
Marshall said social media companies are trying to silence voices they don't like and said he wants to determine if they are breaking state or federal laws. Guess what, son? It's not about silencing voices they don't like. It is about silencing voices that don't appeal to their advertisers. Advertisers! It's capitalism, you stupid fuck! You're upset about capitalism! Facebook is tired of having to take down content that doesn't comply with their advertisers' wants, and therefore they're just going to go ahead and demonetize people that don't comply, like me, like Elizabeth Johnston, like Donald fucking Trump. It is corporate sanitation, you stupid fuck. And what he is doing, what he is doing is the actual violation of the First Amendment. He is trying to come after a private company using the full weight of the government. Two law professors and a journalism professor who spoke with AL.com said the Constitution and federal law provides broad protections for social media companies to set their own rules and policies about content. Brian Fair, a professor at the University of Alabama School of Law, said the First Amendment guarantees that social media companies don't need the government stamp of approval for their rules and decisions about their content. Government generally doesn't get to control viewpoints. Hey, DK, you don't know what that means. You don't know what that means. Publicly traded doesn't mean it's owned publicly by the government, you stupid fuck. It is a private company. I.e., it is owned by private shareholders. It is traded publicly. That means two different things. You're a fucking idiot, dude. You don't know what these words mean. And you come in here, try to voice your opinion about stupid shit you don't know about. Right-wingers are morons. The absolute dumbest fucks walking the planet. But they are sure of themselves. Holy fuck. Attorneys Generals Marshall and Landry may believe that big tech is engaged in censorship and that it's a menace, but there's nothing that they can do to those companies. Those companies are private actors. Private actors. Publicly traded means something fucking different. Right-wingers literally are the dumbest fucking people I've ever encountered. And they are allowed to set the terms of what they want on their sites. John Carroll, a professor at Cumberland School of Law and a former U.S. magistrate judge, said the free speech protections of the First Amendment do not mean that social media companies are obliged to allow all viewpoints on their platforms. First Amendment of the Constitution does not apply to these social media companies because they're private companies. The First Amendment only applies to governmental activity. So, hey, right-wingers, why don't you get upset at these fucking AGs wasting tax dollars 
on their little crusade as a publicity stunt. The First Amendment only applies to governmental activities, so the notion that Facebook censored something I did that's a violation of my First Amendment rights is just not true. Is just not true. You have no right to be on Facebook's platform. Let's calm down, shall we? Let's watch something cute. You want to see a dog go to a car wash? I do. Look at the puppy. This little dude wanted some scratches and apparently nobody would give them to him. Damn, he's having a good time. He's making fun of you, dumb fuck. Right wingers are morons and they can't detect sarcasm. I want to go up and give him all the lovins. Clearly, he is starved for attention. Watch it one more time. I want to love on this puppy. I'm kind of amazed he enjoys it. Like, I've seen a lot of dogs that are scared of shit like that. You hear that loud noise and you'd be like fucking running. So kind of surprised he's so into it. He's clearly done it before, though. He knew what was going to happen. He probably lives close to the car wash. Again, he doesn't have he doesn't have a collar on, though. I hope if he's a stray, he got picked up. Somebody took good care of him. Is it really a coyote? I've seen a lot of people fucking pick up coyotes that they thought were dogs. I don't know my dog breeds. So if it was a coyote, it wouldn't surprise me. Hell, I thought fucking earthquakes caused uh, tsunamis, so what do I know? I know if you're watching on Twitch, you're going to get sent over to Polly people. It was looking quite stunning tonight. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before we hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin'. We will see you tomorrow night 
on the Troll Patrol. Live.